The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. You know, it's our hope that you would see the value in your story and allow God to work on your voice as a storyteller. Jesus was an incredible storyteller. In the New Testament, he had 46 different stories, parables that he talked about that communicated concepts like the love of the Father, the hardness in people's heart, the, beautiful, the beauty of redemption. He talked about what a life-giving neighbor looks like. And he just told these stories, and, and I don't know about you, but because I'm a parent, I see the value of stories, and I'll start talking to my kids, and I'll say, you know what, you know, and something will be going on. There'll be a little turmoil in the house, and, and you know, kids are fighting over cereal. It's getting raw up in the sexton house. You know what I'm saying? It's WWE style. And so it's, it's at that moment that I spend time talking about a story. Let me tell you about these kids. That, that, and, you know, and my kids are like rolling their eyes and, and they're kind of intrigued and kind of like, this is about us. And, and, and so they kind of know where I'm taking it. And so we have story time up at my house. And, um, you know, as we're talking about stories, I, I'll tell you this, that I think one of the most fascinating parts of our redemption is the fact that God has mercy on us. And it doesn't matter what we came through. It only matters who we come to. You know, and God has a redemptive story for you. And as we talk about this, today my assignment is storytellers. Because that's what I hope that we become, is that we become people who can not only just do church and show up on Sunday morning, but that we feel a responsibility to tell the story about where we're at. You know, the problem, I think, a lot of times with all of us, is we don't mind telling our story when it's an excellent, awesome story, that everything works out, you know what I'm saying, last three seconds, you made the shot, you know, you got the house you wanted, you got the girlfriend you wanted, you, you, life just worked out, and it all all worked out but when we're in the middle of a story it's hard to tell it because we don't know the ending I ain't gonna jump out on the limb and talk about how great the story is until it's all over but here's the thing is that we've got to be able to see God moving in our life all the time something is happening in your life all the time where, where God is drawing you in and moving you out of comfort you know you're thinking about how how many times have you been in a situation where you were convicted about the way you acted come on some of y'all like yesterday <laughs> you know don't be nudging your mate you know <laughs> listen but the reality is we don't take that for granted you know, part of us can be like, man, I need to do better. Oh, I messed up. But you need to see that, that the Bible says his sheep know the shepherd's voice. And if God is nudging you, there is something different. Because countless people went to that thing, went to that business deal, did that, and they weren't convicted. But you were. That's God, his loving kindness. The Bible says his loving kindness draws us to repentance. And what I'm telling you is maybe we're waiting on this big, awesome story. But there's all these little things that are happening along the way. Let's uh, look at a few verses here. Um, Psalms 
chapter 71, verse 16. It says, My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day, for I do not know their limits. I will go in the strength of the Lord God, and I will make mention of your righteousness of yours only. I don't know if you're a storyteller, but I, I'm a storyteller. I love to tell stories. I love to, you know, hear something or watch something on the internet and tell the story. My children, I don't know if you ever watch YouTube, but uh, my, my, my kids have resurfaced uh, Charlie and the, 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 him biting the finger. I, I don't know if you've, it's like the number one, Charlie. And so, and so all in my house, my kids are like, Charlie, Charlie, I'm like, there's no Charlie, but they're, they're going through because they love the story. And so, you know, the other day, say just like, Dad, bite my finger. And I'm like, you're weird. No, I'm not going to bite your finger. And so, I don't know, but it's something about stories. Right now, you know, I'm doing really good in my fantasy league in football. And I just want to tell that story. There's people in this con con congregation that I have beat pretty bad. And so, I just want to take a moment to just, I see you, Britt. You know, I just, I just, I just, I want to tell the story just a little bit of how victorious uh, I've been in that. You know, and not only that, I want to tell the story of the Dallas Cowboy. I talk about the cow. I understand haters are going to hate. Okay? You know what I'm saying? Listen. But, but as I talk about the star and, and, and how wise men follow the star, I'm going to go ahead and Tell the story of that we're three and zero, and I, my friend here, one of our board members, Eric's here. His team is Chicago. We beat them really bad. Don't, don't after service, you might want to hug him a little bit. But but the reality is, we all tell stories, things that are good, things that even that are bad. Come on, we had the flat tire story or the car wreck story, or we have stories that we tell. But what's amazing to me is how bad we are at telling the most life-giving story in the world. And, and, and not even that, but it's amazing how much training goes forth when you work at a company to get their story right. They're going to send you over here. They're going to send you to this state. They're going to send you and get this training. And they want to make sure that you know the why behind the what. They want you to watch every TED Talk. Come on, somebody. They want you to get the story right. Because if you're going to represent this company, if you're going to represent what we're doing, then you need to know, come on, the But it's like we so compartmentalize our church life with the rest of the life, that we think that this story, the most powerful story, the story that saves people from sin, hell, death, the grave, should somehow be contained in four walls. This is the story. This is the best story. This is the greatest story. And as believers, we're the ones to be the storytellers. As we look at this 1 Timothy chapter 1, and this is lengthy. I just want us to kind of dialogue on this. I, I find this interesting because Paul is writing to Timothy. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever had a mentor, a father figure, grandpa, you've probably heard the same story once or twice. Have I ever told you about the time? I used to work for this, this, this man. 
And uh, we called him Pop, and, and it was, uh, he was an awesome man. He helped build Brook Hill Ranch where I was, um, I was the camp director there. And every time I was around him, he would tell me the same story. Uh, saying, did I ever tell you about the time? Now, you know, in my flesh, I want to be like, yes, I know the story. I, I, I've heard it like a million times. I know the story. And so, and so, and then he would always say this, well, if I have or if I haven't, you probably need to hear it again. Sit down. <laughs> and, and he would, he would tell me the story. And, and in my head, I, I know the story now better than he does because he's older. And I remember all the details. And I'm like, in my head, I'm going, huh? I'm like following the little dot, you know, of the words. I, I know the story. And as we look at this, I feel like this is a moment where Paul is telling Timothy Something that Timothy already knows because I've heard this story. Like, Paul, is this your canned message? Is this what you travel on? You know, I get this. I know your testimony. But yet, Paul, one more time, writes it in a letter and sends it to Timothy because this is the greatest story in Paul's life. And I think Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he has counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, persecutor, and I was an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is the faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners for whom I'm the chief. Can you just imagine this mentor-mentee relation? And Paul's like, Timothy's like reading the first opening paragraph and he's like, I know this. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're the chief. <laughs> you're the worst. Yeah. Okay, we know you were a blasphemer. You know, it, but, but yet, this is the story. However, for this reason, I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show all long suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe in him for everlasting life. Now to the eternal king, immortal, invisible, to God, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever. Amen. As we talk about this, and I know how it gets when it, when it gets long, and you're like, ah, what does that all mean? But I want to walk through just some thoughts that, that come out to me in this text. And I, and I bolded a couple, and I want to make up my points off of the con, this, 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 this verse and this passage. I thank Christ for our Lord who has enabled me to serve. And I want to talk real quick about four necessities of a storyteller. Four necessities of a storyteller. Paul was a storyteller, and in this verse, he shows his willingness to share the miraculous and marvelous transformation that happened to him. Family, if we're going to receive such an incredible gift of mercy and grace, shouldn't we talk about it? Shouldn't it be? Should should it be? On a, a, a lower level, like you know, our bass boat. Our, 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 our new phone, come on, our, our, our car, our new house. While all of those things are great and God's not mad if you have any of them. I mean, holla, get them. But the reality is, if 
the greatest story becomes an invisible story. How great was it? How great was it? As we look through this, I am so encouraged that even last Sunday, I had one of our young men come up to me and say, hey, Stephen, I, got, I, got, I want to tell you a story. And I was like, okay. And uh, I was like, storyteller story. I see what you're doing. And uh, he said, uh, when I started coming here, I was an atheist. But since I've been coming, I feel like that you make it simple and easy to understand. And, I'm, and I am understanding what it means to be a Christian. See, the reality is we all have a story. And I want to walk through four necessities to be a storyteller. The first is to be excited about an opportunity to serve. And, 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 and this is the way the text wrote. So Paul wrote what he was excited about, and then he wrote what he was saved from. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to come back and talk about this one at the end. I'm going to walk through it kind of in the way it happened in his life. The second one is a commitment to learn about the faith in Jesus. We're committed to learn about the faith in Jesus. Paul had a transformation, and it says that he moved from being ignorant in unbelief. And I feel like in our culture today, people are, are working hard. Come on, let's stay in ignorant. <laughs> it's like in our culture, it's like people are working hard at staying ignorant. It's like we're now discussing, and things have become political that are not political but yet we're working hard to stay ignorant in our christian faith listen if we're not careful just coming while it's great and we love that but our goal for you is that you would grow and mature and develop and develop in, into uh, serving and coming and helping, joining the life group, getting taught, going through class. Because here's the thing. The goal is not just to be saved, but it's to learn your faith. You know, we need, we'll never be able to communicate what we don't feel comfortable with. You know, if I walk up to someone and, and we're talking about hobbies, I, some of you men play golf. You know, I have played golf. Uh, some of you men play it. And we'll start talking about golf. And you'll tell me about that one good stroke. Come on, you know what I'm saying? You hit it and it did went straight. And, and, and so that's what you focus on. But it's amazing how we talk about so many temporal things and I'm not trying to make us all feel bad. Okay, so uh, do I need like a conversation monitor? No, but maybe we need to be more comfortable with the faith that we've accepted and understand the power of what we've been saved from. Listen, everything in life has practice. And, and, and there is a, 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 an ability to be comfortable once you lean in and you know what it is that you're talking about. Learning, understanding, becoming a storyteller is all important. Listen, I remember being so uncomfortable when I went and asked Katie. I, I had to talk to Ginger, Katie's mom, about getting married. And it was uncomfortable. Even though I knew she liked me, you know, I thought... You know, when Katie ain't got no other option, you know, what you going to say no? You know, 
I was far better than anything else she had ever dated ever in her whole life. Wow. Ever. And so, but yeah, I was nervous. And, and you know what? I remember I was thinking, man, asking Katie is going to be easy, but Ginger, oh. And I was started thinking about all of the questions that she was going to ask me because it was. And so I started thinking, OK, she's going to want to know about my 401k. She's going to want me to know about that. Where's my future? Where am I going? Where do I see myself? What are we doing? How much counseling are you going to have? I knew that it, she was going to have a lot to say because this is her daughter. And so I knew going into this, have answers, have answers, have answers. But I was blank. <laughs> and so I go, hey, Whenever you want to talk, that'd be good. And so I drove down to meet with her. She was in Texarkana, the Hot Springs. I drove down to meet with her. I think she knew saw it coming. You know, she was like, "What are you coming here for?" I was like, uh, <laughs> "I don't want to tell you." But anyway, <laughs> but I remember thinking about the questions that she was going to ask, and I knew for me to get my wife, I had to have a conversation. With her authority. Here's what I want to say to you. Is that not knowing everything in the Bible should not keep you from telling your story or doing what you know. You dive in, you learn, and God teaches you little by little by little by little. You're not going to come to church one moment and then leave with a theology degree. But little by little by little, you understand. Oh, why do we put money in them buckets? That's crazy. Why do we, pray? Why do we lift our hands? Why do we worship? Why do we sing? Why do we sing the same songs? Why is the stage up here and we're, the, and we're looking and why, why does all of this happen? And here's the thing. I want to encourage you to commit to learn your faith. Paul was saying, I'm no longer ignorant. My belief is strong. I'm founded. I'm deep. Obviously, Paul was writing the statement because he knew Jesus in a deeper way. And that's why personal study is good for all of us. It takes absolutely no effort to get a podcast. It takes absolutely no effort to, to read a little blog in the morning. It takes to feed yourself, feed yourself, feed yourself. And I want to encourage you to be feeders because feeders will be leaders. I want to encourage you to, to feed yourself because here's what will happen. As you feed, that seed will grow and then there will be a leadership mentality. You will know something that someone else wants to know and it will put you in a position to answer a question and to be a friend. Understand that, number three, understand the depth of our salvation. Listen, as we look at this, Paul knew what he was saved from. He wasn't good enough. He wasn't smart enough. He was a, a Jew, and as far as the law was concerned, he was spotless. And you know what? I want to tell us, those of us that have Christian kids that are growing up in Christian homes, many of us who did not grow up in Christian homes, we thought it would be better out in the world. And we had to test that. And that didn't work. But we tested it. Because we thought our parents were crazy. But now you have tested it and you have seen, the Bible says, that the Lord is good. 
And my encouragement to you is pray over your kids. Pray over your kids because just because you, 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 you raise them in it, and I know the verse, train a child in the way they should go and they will not depart from it. I get that. But we've got to train them in such a way where they know that forgiveness and grace and mercy and you don't have to be perfect and this is not heavy. You know what I'm saying? It's freeing. Because here's the thing. It's very important for us as parents raising our kids in the faith to know that while they love it when they are younger, we've got to continue modeling it because every hypocrisy they see in us makes them go, hmm. We have to measure the standard of what we want for them knowing that we can't put the standard on them. We put it on us and we live it and we say like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Not you do and you're not going to be like those kids. You follow me, and here's the deal. You're going to see me fall. You're going to see me mess up. You're going to see me make mistakes. You're going to see me do some things. But at the end, I'm going to repent. I'm I'm, I'm going to make it right. I'm going to store relationship, and we're going to move on. That's important. That's important because then they see that it's real, not this facade of fake perfect people that really don't live what this thing preaches. Come on. Understand it. Listen, it is surprising to me, as we talked about, that that we need to learn how to tell our story. You know, you can never fully appreciate the gift if you don't know how much it cost. Paul knew how much it cost. There is forgiveness and freedom for everyone in this room. And, And Paul understood how big of a sinner he was. Yet... His point of view was focused on the incredible mercy of God. Listen, I don't, you may come in. I remember, man, I remember. I was living a little wayward. My, parent, my mom grew me up in church. I kind of went away. You know what I'm saying? I was, a, I, was a, uh, it, I was in the early 90s, so, you know, I was a thug bones in harmony, you know. Well, my dickies, y'all don't know nothing about this. And I was testing the waters. But you know what? God in his mercy sent somebody who loved me, who spoke to me, who helped me. And God is doing the same to you. If you will stay humble in heart. If you won't get prideful and arrogant. God will send when we get off. God will send a man or a woman. God will send a friend. God will send a message, a sermon, a life group, a community, a church to kind of bring you back because there's a calling. Come on, somebody. On your life. There's a calling on your life. And Paul's point of view was not, look how good I've become. It was God. His mercy. I can't even tell you why I'm doing this, but I'm doing it because he lets me. He lets me. You know, have you ever had a, a, a moment where mercy was given to you? Come on, where, where my kids are so grateful when I say, should I give you a chance? Because they know if I don't, there's thunder in paradise. <laughs> but, I, but if I give them a chance, they're like, yeah, I'll do. Please, 
chance. Come on, have you ever been in that position where you felt like God gave you a chance? And it could be something small like you were just listening to your jam. You were in the car. You look down. You're going 65. Children are getting out of school. And you're like, oh, my God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, or like the cop passes you and he's like not stopping you. And you're like, this is awesome. God has made me invisible. It's great. Come on. Have you ever had those moments of mercy? It's important for us to, to learn that as a Christian, listen, as a Christian, we don't believe in karma. Oh, that's karma, karma, karma. No, I don't want karma. I don't, I don't want whatever's done to, to whatever I do that someone does to me. I want to be forgiven of my debts. I want to say, God, I was stupid then. I was ignorant. Don't please forgive. I'm, I, I, I need help. Yes, I understand sowing and reaping. And there is sowing and reaping. But there's also repentance and mercy and grace. That's where I want to be. Come on. I don't want to get what I deserve. Does anybody want to get what they deserve? No. I want a mulligan. I want a bunch of them. Listen. The fourth one is this. Freely worship the king. Listen, I love how Paul ends this text in 1 Timothy. He's like, to the, to, put the verse back up there. Put the end of the verse back up there. Can we do that? Can we go back? Because I'm messing with y'all. Now to the eternal king, immortal, invisible, God, among, God along the wise, be glory. And you can't put another compliment in that verse. You're awesome, you're awesome, you're awesome, you're awesome, and you're awesome. You know, I mean... I mean, the reality is he understood that how small he was in his transformation and how big God was. And that's the story. God, you're incredible. God, you get the praise. That's why when you see us lift our hands, we're not being weird people. The Bible talks about lifting our heavy hands to the Lord. And you might see someone jump and go, oh, y'all one of them churches. You may hear someone sing. You may hear someone sing really loud. The Lord, you're like, for real, bro. <laughs> this ain't the voice. Listen. <laughs> but the reality is the reason that we praise and the reason that we clap and the reason that we sing or try to clap on beat, the reason we try to do that, I watch everybody when we start getting that. And there's, it starts out really good for like six, six times. And then it's like, <laughs> like, all right, that's cool. We were, we work in it. That's why we worship. That's why we praise. That's why we sing. This is not acapella Jesus moment. We're trying to say, God, all that you've done in my life, I could never do it by myself. And I got to sing my story. I've got to tell my story. I've got to give you some worship. Come on, I've got to give you some praise. And so here's what I want to tell you. If you ever come to worship, if you ever come to another church and you find it hard to, to, to dive into worship, then here's the thing. There is something hindering you. There's something hindering you. 
Come on. It's hard to laugh when you're sad. And it's hard to praise when you're heavy. And I want to encourage you. If there's a reason, and maybe you're, I understand, maybe you don't know enough about it, maybe you're new to church and you're like, okay, I don't get all this. Then my encouragement to you would to be, go, go get on Google and, and type in why Christians worship. And I realize you're going to hear a lot of things, but I, I want you to be a self-feeder. I want you, why do we lift our hands? Why do we worship? We're going to do a series at the beginning of the year, and we're going to talk, the series is why do we do that? And we're going to talk about all the things that we do as church people. But the reality is, we do worship, and we do sing, and it's not some crazy Christian fanatics, you know, those people over there, they just sing Kumbaya to Jesus. No, those people over there were going to hell. And if you'd have known all the stuff that I did, and if everyone would have caught me when I was doing this stuff, come on, I would not be pastoring, and you probably would not be sitting here. That's the reality. There was some mercy given to me. There was some grace given to me. And so, don't get offended. Oh, I can't believe y'all are so loud and boisterous in your worship. <laughs> worship should be reverent. You're going to have to reverent somewhere else. <laughs> because up in this place... We got people who have sinned, messed up, done wrong, lied about it, covered it up, and got forgiven. And we're like, thank you. Oh, God. And we're trying to do the best we can. We're trying to do the best we can, carving out that's not giving us an allowance to sin. But dear God, I'm glad I, I, I've got someone who is withholding their judgment yeah. and allowing me to work and change. Yes. And that's huge. Every man, come on. We have battles. Every woman, there are battles. Every high school and teenager in this room, you have battles. Every college student, you have battles. And for us to act like those battles are not there, would be selling the whole gospel message short. There is adversity, and we are tempted, but we overcome. We overcome. Paul was telling his story, and that's what we want for you to be compelled to tell your story, to worship the king freely. In Psalms 100, verse 1 and 2, it says this, Psalms 100, verse 1 and 2, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. That's why we sing. And you know what? It doesn't say if it's good. Because if it said if it was good, I wouldn't be singing. But it doesn't say anything about good. It just says sing. I'm singing. You know what I'm it, just, it just says sing. And so that's what we're doing. That's what, you may hear a baritone. You may hear a high tenor. You may hear something that ain't even on the scale. But we're going to praise the Lord. And I personally, I don't want to go to a church where, where everyone feels like they can't clap. I love the first or two songs. That we're clapping and we're jamming and it's sweaty. And it's like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because, listen, I've been saved. I've been saved. 
I'm not going to hell. I'm not perfect. But I got an advocate, a, a, the Son of God, right there in, by, in the throne, speaking to God on my behalf. Come on, somebody. That's good. All right, I got to bring this in for a landing. Back to the first one. Listen, Paul said he is excited about the opportunity to serve. Paul is thank thankful that he's been invited into ministry. And family, I want to let you know that you've been invited into the ministry of Jesus as well. Every New Testament believer, you've been invited into the ministry, whatever it is. I'm not saying you need to quit your job. I'm saying your job is the catalyst to doing the ministry that you want to do. I don't care if you're a plumber, a doctor. I don't care if you work at Walmart. I don't care what you do and what you oversee. You do that as unto the Lord, and that's your ministry. That's what you're doing. And so don't ever think that there's a difference between the pastor and you. There's no difference. I put my underwear on just like you do. I'm not going any further with that thought. The reality is, yes, I'm gifted to communicate it, but I'm not gifted to live it. And there's not any man of God or woman of God that is gifted to live it. And when we start elevating a man or woman of God, thinking that because they speak well, they live well, you have to watch the fruit. We're all doing, we're all working hard to try to do what God has called us to do. And the Bible says that he was excited about the opportunity to serve. Listen, God longs to use your story to encourage somebody where you're at. Well, you may be saying, well, Stephen, I understand what you're saying, kind of motivated, but you are using the Apostle Paul who was called by Jesus, knocked on his tail, and wrote one-third of the New Testament. <laughs> Setting the bar kind of high, bro. Yeah, here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5. Verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is not good, it is good for nothing, but will be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot, come on somebody, be hidden. Look at this. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in come on you know what it says the house <laughs> let your light shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify your father in heaven you're a storyteller. There's something in you. God has something for you. And we have to be excited about our opportunity to serve. As a believer, you have the opportunity to personally serve in building the kingdom of God. And that may totally overwhelm you. You're like, okay. And here's all I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to come do life with us. And here's what will happen. If you come do life, there's a lot of great churches, and if this is your first time you're just checking us out, I, I understand we're a little crazy. Thank God. But, 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 but here's the thing that I want to say. 
if you are sitting in a church and nothing is required from you, the Bible says that it, the idea of the church is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And I realize that there's times and seasons in our jobs and what we just can't. We just can't. We want to and there's times and seasons and so this is not guilty. I'm not putting a guilt trip on anybody. But I'm saying if you can sit in a church and nothing is ever required from you, then you're not in a family. Because in our family, my kids have to take out the trash. In my family, my kids mow the lawn. In my family... We got cookers and cleaners and washers and, and wipers and, and you know what I'm saying? And it, all of it is age appropriate. If you can wipe, you wipe like the best of them, Sage. <laughs> See, we're building the kingdom of God here. Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at the house, follow us on social media at the house underscore NWA.